I really want to go down on a girl and I really want a girl to sit on my face and I want to watch my boyfriend do things to a girl. Yeah. And it's like new and exciting and hot. And you're like, holy shit. Like how many times can I have an orgasm tonight? And then it changes for me turned into intimacy. It was literally about being held by another woman. You know, having this experience with another woman and like falling in love with a woman helped me like eliminate unnecessary boundaries, even in my friendships with my girlfriends that are now closer. And there's nothing sexual at all, but I've allowed myself to love other women in friendship way more beautifully. And I think deeply. I didn't know that coming in to have a threesome with you and your boyfriend was also going to heal my mother wound and my sister wound and that I was going to come out feeling more whole as a woman. Kelly Tennant is such a badass. She is a former reporter and journalist who now has two of her very own podcast shows, OK Babe and The Kelly Show. And on this episode, she really helps me unpack the fact that, okay, we've had a couple amazing experiences and we really like it and we want to keep doing it. So now we're open. So now what? Jess, I think, you know, this is such an interesting dynamic to be in, in relationship, especially when you present in a certain way, in this like heteronormative way, and people may not expect things from you. And then all of a sudden you're like, by the way, I'm in an open relationship and this is what we're doing. And these are the things that happen behind closed doors that I haven't, you know, been super open about publicly. And it brings forward a lot of questions because people are like, how does this work? I don't understand. And you've covered so much of, you know, how this started and the, you know, jealousy and all the moments leading up to, okay, we're, we're in this, we're doing this thing. Mm -hmm. So when you realize, oh shit, we're in an open relationship and we really like it and we want to keep expanding with it. What's going through your guys's mind at that time? Yeah, I think This is such a good question for my husband. I think he's always been like very, I'm going to live my life the way I want, like very unapologetically. And I'm like, is this okay? Are people okay (laughs) with this? Um, I've definitely been the one who is a bit more, I think, trepidatious when it comes to like society finding out and friends and family finding out. Like I was the one who was like, let's never make, like, let's make sure our friends never feel like we're hitting on them. And he's like, where no one's, no one's thinking that. Um, but I think for me, because it is so alternative to like anything I ever saw growing up, you know, how I was raised and like, what is acceptable. I was a bit more like, do we have to tell everyone? Like I, I was the reason that we didn't come out about it for, you know, almost five, maybe a little over five years. But there's also a side of me who like really enjoys being different. And like, I love kind of shocking people a bit. Cause like you said, I present a certain way. People see this happily married couple. And I think there's still plenty of people who don't know that this is how we live our lives. And so I do enjoy being different and original and like other in some ways, because I almost feel like a crusader for people who aren't out or who aren't accepted or if they are out, they're having like a hard time. Cause I have dealt with like a lot of shame and I've worked through a lot of that. So I would say at about the three, four year mark where we started to tell our friends, it was, it was empowering and also very new and exciting. There was still a little bit of shadow work, a lot of shadow work, actually. There's always shadow work still, 
But I do enjoy the place that I'm in now, especially when people find out because they're like, wait, but you're so happy. Or you're, you know, you get those like, you get <laughs> those like, be happy when you do this. <laughs> right. They, you get those, you know, very limited, like kind of mentality responses, which like, I don't ever, you know, get upset or have anyone feel bad when they say this, but I've had so many of like friends, you know, men and women who are like, I don't understand you guys are so in love. Like why? Like for them, it's like, if you're in love, you would never you would never do that. You would never engage in that. And so I think to like have people have their mind opened by the way I live my life is really cool. Because then a lot of people in our community do ask questions and then I get to explain it and they're like, whoa, didn't realize that was possible. So that's, that's the really cool part about it. I like that. And I resonate with that a lot. I think something that I have kind of had some realizations about over the last couple months is as much as Connor and I talk about our relationship and the dynamic we have and welcoming women in, um, for, you know, different experiences, I noticed that I was almost talking about it and wanted people to know so that they would see how open and woke and, you know, I I've done all this work. Look at me. I'm so flowy and I can do all these cool things and have sexual experiences with women. And I really had to take a look at that because I think there is this, this feeling of wanting to be different and look at me, I'm mm-hmm. a rebel and I don't have a normal relationship. And then there's also the really beautiful, expansive experience you're having within the relationship that is so raw and so open and allows you to explore and be curious, which is so genuine to who you are and who your husband is and the relationship mm-hmm. and dynamic you have. So how is it that you are navigating being an educator in the space and teaching people about it and having people, you know, drop their jaws and be like, oh damn, like you do this. And also just really settling into this is who we are and this is what we do. And it's not for a show. It's actually just part of how we live our lives. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really interesting. And I love getting this question because I haven't thought about this really. I've made a lot of jokes recently, you know, like through the first part of this season that like, I'm the most boring open person that there is on the planet or like, I'm never <laughs> having sex. And, but it's, it's actually kind of true. And I think that kind of launching this podcast came on the heels of, we've been doing this for seven years. You know, we've been married and we actually had our first open or first, you know, um, threesome experience even before we were married. So I guess we feel pretty seasoned in this like life experience and feel really grounded and solid and like who we are and this being the way that we identify. And this is like a huge part of our lives, but also it's quieted down a lot (laughs) over the last two years. And so I think they're managing it as an educator and someone who's going to speak on it now is definitely from a place of like, I've been living this way for so long. Um, And so it really isn't for show because for so long, I, I tried to hide it. I was like, no one needs to know, you know? Um, and it's cool because it's actually inspired me to go out a bit more recently. And um, we haven't talked too much about this, but, you know, I've been in a relationship with a woman for, you know, two, two and a half years now. And even she and I, it's the the romantic part. And this isn't a good or bad thing for anyone who's listening, but it's almost been on the back burner 
to the friendship that we have and sort of the family that we've created, um, sex has not been like the focal point for a long time for us. So I think it's a very interesting dynamic. And also, you know, just to be honest about, you know, this part of my life, it's like people think it's all sex. They find out you're open. And that is literally the furthest thing from what's happened in my household in the last, you know, especially six months because we're all kind of workaholics. So that's part of it. Well, don't you think too, this is another thing I'm realizing. I'm very much newer on this path than you are. So I'm having the realizations you had like six years ago, um, which I think is cool because we're in different places. So people get to hear it from, you know, two different experiences. Yeah. But I'm realizing that kind of what you're saying is it started with the sex. It was like, I really want to go down on a girl and I really want a girl to sit on my face and I want to watch my boyfriend do things to a girl. Yeah, And it's like new and exciting and hot. And you're like, holy shit, like how many times can I have an orgasm tonight? And then it changes because it's not like, oh my God, I need to have this thing. It's not like Mm. this overwhelming, obsessive feeling that I think we have when we first do something. It, for me, turned into intimacy. And intimacy wasn't about sex. It was literally about being held by another woman. It was about having another woman play with my hair or just talk to her about whatever it is. And then creating more intimacy within my relationship with my now fiance. And it's so interesting to me because I don't think that we think when we embark on this journey, that that is what it's going to turn into. And you're sitting here five years ahead of me saying, yeah, like that is and can be what it turns into and can be just as or more fulfilling than all the hot, crazy sex that you're having. Yes. Oh my gosh. Totally. You've like reflected back to me something that I actually feel like I've been trying to communicate and I don't know how to do it. But first of all, I love where you're at because I I miss those days of when it has shifted and settled into the intimacy factor. It's so beautiful, especially also like tangent to be like loved by a woman, even just, even just the sexual part of it is just wildly different than being a man. And I identified, you know, as like heterosexual for so long, even though I knew I was attracted, but uh, like to be like just girls. And it's something that I think we have these boundaries with people our whole lives growing up where you feel like you can't go there with friends or have deep intimacy with friends that, that isn't sexual. Um, and actually, you know, having this experience with another woman and like falling in love with a woman has helped me like eliminate unnecessary boundaries, even in my friendships with my girlfriends that are now closer and there's nothing sexual at all, but I've allowed myself to like love other women in friendship way more beautifully. And I think deeply, which has been such a gift from that. And that's like a whole other aside, but the, the newness of like, oh my God, we're going to have a threesome. And like, we need to check this app like three times a day to see like who's writing back. And it's all so hot and bothered is so fun. But the real magic is in the connection and like that lifelong connection that, you know, you can really only have when you allow yourself to be open to open monogamish, polyamory, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be like the deepest one, but just to understand that it's going to add so much more to your life than sex um, is a beautiful thing. 
Yeah. And I like that you bring up the healing aspect. I think that's something I also didn't realize. I had a lot of tough relationships with women growing up. I was bullied as a little girl, bullied when I was working in television by older women. So I just had this belief system that sisterhood and real sister friendships didn't exist. And I remember some of the first times we were with women and it was like I was healing my entire life in those moments by being held and truly seen and understood and loved completely naked, literally and figuratively in those moments by other women. And I started to let go of so many of these beliefs around what it had to look like. And I started to open up to receive more from women. And I too saw that dynamic change in all of my friendships. And I was like, wow, intimacy overload. Like I am just feeling it everywhere. It's so incredible when you start to feel safe in those experiences and you start to learn how to receive and invite in more intimacy, sexual or not. And it's so incredible to watch yourself heal in those moments. And I think I can speak for most of these women because I've talked to them about it afterwards. They had similar experiences. They're like, I didn't know that coming in to have a threesome with you and your boyfriend was also going to heal my like my mother wound and my sister wound and that I was going to come out feeling more whole as a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so beautifully said because it does heal like on different levels. It doesn't have to just be like the romantic level um, because my other partner and I do have a bit of, I think, a, a mother dynamic. Like I have that part and and sometimes she'll shift into that. And it, it's it's really cool to know that these these dynamics can happen and they can also flow and evolve and be very fluid and don't have to be like one thing the whole time. I'm I'm curious actually um for you. Did you always know that you were attracted to women because you dated women like exclusively before Connor or maybe not exclusively but you had relationships with women or No. No. Okay, this is Oh. Okay. Yeah. I so just this realized is all brand new. Yeah, like two and a half years ago when we first started dating is when I realized that I was into women. And it took about six months from the first time we talked about it for us to be with someone. Um, and so it's kind of evolved over time. I've only been alone um, with a couple women. Uh, most of it has been the three of us together um, mm-hmm. because that's just our dynamic and, and what we choose. Uh, but yeah, this is still relatively new. I had no idea. Mm, I love it. Enjoy yeah. the journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. And yeah. I did like... In I think in the timeline and maybe a little bit previous to where you are now, I was like, there's no way I could ever have romantic feelings for a woman. Like never. It just, you know, and not that it was like, oh, all sex. Like I enjoyed the company and, you know, it was fun to like have a girl, like, you know, you have a girlfriend there too, like a girlfriend, not girlfriend. Um, but it was purely like something I didn't think. I could be emotionally attached um, to. And then to have that happen was just very mind-blowing. Um, I thought that this whole thing was going to be about sex. Yeah, not to keep harping oh, on the original question, but it's like, yeah, to to think that it's become way more um, a tool for growth and like evolution. It's just really, it's like the best gift. Yeah, well, I also, I think, 
you have to give yourself credit for it being that way because I think that takes a level of willingness to do the fucking work mm. and be self-aware and have really hard conversations and get really uncomfortable because I think that most people are scared to embark on this journey because that's a lot to do. And you have been on that path of self-discovery and expansion. And let me just go ahead and see what's in the unknown and be open to it and be curious about it. I think there's a lot that you have done to prepare yourself to be in this situation and to experience the amount of love and pleasure that you are. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate the acknowledgement. Um, I think it's funny. You, you just made me realize a lot of it is born out of like the easy answer is that Pasha and I are like personal development junkies. Like we've, we've been that way the entire relationship. And he really got me into like personal development. I took my first, first emotional intelligence course because of him. He was like, you need to do this. He was like, mm. had just gotten out of it and he was all in the juice. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, and so it's been such a foundation in our relationship, but also I think having a solid monogamous relationship to start that we wanted to be so sacred. And that was, you know, that was everything to us, you know, and this is not the way that everybody has to do it, but certainly I know that this has been so powerful to work in our favor is like, if something is going to enhance our connection and make us stronger, great. And the moment that it isn't, the moment that it's like subtracting from our relationship or an experience feels like it could damage like this foundation that we have and not to keep the foundation like we have to hold it tight. We want it to expand and we want it to grow. Um, but it really all is about that between us first and then everything else has added so much like life. And I think that that's what has inspired all the growth and the hard conversations. Because if we were like, this is more fun and easy and really exhilarating than this thing is right now, then maybe we would have taken the easy road and we would have not had all the hard conversations and we would have just gone kind of in other directions. And I think that could have maybe pulled us apart a bit because we've been in and out of therapy and not necessarily because we're, you know, non-monogamous, but this has brought up many things for us to work on that we know has nothing to do with relationships with other people or sex with other people. But it's like, oh, this is my, like, this is my trigger from this thing, this abandonment thing that has nothing to do with another woman, has everything to do with my childhood. So let me take this piece and like, step out and work on it in, in that way that has nothing to do with like polyamory. Yeah. yeah. Well, and when you put yourself in these scenarios or circumstances, it asks so much of you. And I think that to your point about having a solid monogamous relationship to start, when you establish, this is who we are. These are our core values. This is how we want to support each other. This is our communication. This is what it's going to look like you have a much higher chance of success in embarking on this type of relationship than, and, you know, take this for what it's worth because I'm no expert, but then if you go in one, thinking this is going to fix your relationship or two, are not willing to have hard conversations about things and then you just willy-nilly are fucking people all over the place yeah. and you just expect it to make your relationship better. 
that's probably not going to happen. I think you guys went about it in a very intentional way. And I, I respect that a lot because I think that to what we were talking about earlier, it's not just about sex. It's not about getting off. There's a level of intimacy and love and respect and compassion and support that really gets to be poured into this dynamic so that everyone can have their needs met and grow and become the people they want to become. Totally. You just made me think of something that I said the other day, like not on, not on the show, but, um, people do this as a way to potentially fix a relationship that's falling apart. And, you know, non-monogamy is not perfect. So I, I'm trying to remind myself to say, this is how I did it. Not going to work for everybody, but it reminds me of like when people try to have a baby to, to fix a relationship that really needs healing. It's like, it's like, it can be that, you know, serious because you're opening up just these new connections that, you know, could likely require a lot of responsibility for another person. It's like not what you want to do. If you don't, you know, my two cents, if you don't have a solid foundation, then it's not a great place to start from. And I say we had this solid foundation of monogamy, but like it was a year, you know, we, it wasn't that long. You don't need a, a very long time to establish relationship agreements, boundaries, Um, but for us, we went very slow. It was like, we would dip our toe into different things and try them and talk about them. And then, you know, it wasn't like, you want to be open? You want to be open? Cool. Like, all right, go do your (laughs) thing. You know, and it was not like that at all. It was like very, very gradual. Yeah. The building blocks. So Mm -hmm. you brought up boundaries, which I think is a, a great way to segue into creating boundaries, agreements. Um, everything that goes into that, Lord help us all. That is a whole situation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And on top of creating boundaries, the boundaries you created seven years ago are different than five years ago are different than yesterday. Like these are things that evolve and change as we evolve and change, which can also be uncomfortable because then you have to go back and keep having these conversations like, Oh, that didn't feel as good as I was hoping. Let's, you know, rethink this whole situation. So For you two, as you're creating the boundaries and creating these agreements, what was most important to you in establishing those? Mm. Um, I think, well, we had different things too. I think we both wanted exploration and to like add fun, excitement, value to our, to our lives. Cause we knew we were like, we're going to be together forever. So let's, you know, let's like have a great life. Um, so I think like exploration and expansion was really paramount, but I have to be honest for me, and this is maybe a theme, like early on, it was also important kind of like how we would present ourselves in society, like if, and when they found out. So I haven't, I haven't really talked about this a lot, but, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, this probably shouldn't have been that important. Maybe it was, and maybe it protected us in some ways, but I was like hell bent on Pasha not hooking up with anyone that he worked with. I was like, that is just not the look that I want to have. You know, this is me like five, six years ago, but you know, don't sleep where you eat kind of thing, which is just like a great maybe rule of thumb, you know, in this, the way that I used to think. And now I'm sort of like, I think people are adults and in different scenarios, like if it's not corporate, then, you know, whatever. But 
um, my husband also like worked with models for like years. <laughs> so I was like, wait, was that about like me not wanting people to, you know, think of him in a bad light? Like he's not the most respectable upstanding citizen or was it like a jealousy thing? Um, I was friends with a lot of the women that, you know, he worked with. And in many ways, I know it wasn't jealousy. It was really like, I cared a lot about what people thought. And I wanted him to be like respected and taken seriously in this, you know, career that he was building. So that was like huge for me, which I'm like, want to out myself and say, I think I made it a way bigger deal than it needed to be. And it caused a lot of, I think, um, just bumps in the road for us in this. It made us go a little bit slower and I held a little bit tighter. So I was like, this is a deal breaker. And then he would kind of push into it because for him, like he had hardly any free time. So like his dating pool was pretty limited to like, you know, the, the group of people that he would, and he, he worked in an environment there were a lot of people in. Um, and I'm just bringing it up, I think to, to showcase, you know, now we have very limited, like our agreements are so minor. And now I'm thinking like, I made a way bigger deal out of something. So if you're on this journey and something feels like so precious, you know, maybe examine it and think, is this going to matter to me in 10 years? Um, Because realizing that I cared so much about what people thought came down to a lot of shame, you know, which is another theme for me. In the beginning, we had a lot of boundaries to make us both feel safe, which I think was smart. A lot of agreements around... We would talk about everything first before like anything would ever happen. Um, But we were also expansive in the way that we were like, let's never make the other person wrong for wanting to try something. That was also like an agreement that we had. Like, I'm never going to shame you, even if it's something that I don't want to do. And I'll dip my toe in once. And if I don't like it, I don't have to do it again. But that doesn't mean that it's not for, you know, not for you. So constantly having like those conversations to reassess and be really fluid in it. You know, boundaries were changing all the time, like year by year, they were less and less. Now we're in a place where it's like, we, we don't ever have secrets, which has been from day one. Like there's never been an experience that one of us has had that the other doesn't know about. And to date, we're still like, I did this thing, dude. And I'm like, no, cool. You know, Now it's like if someone goes on vacation and they go out at night, we can hear about it the next day. It's like not, you know, not a serious thing. Um, And we don't ever play with anyone else if we're not 100%. Those are like our two things. We tell each other everything and we have to be, you know, within reason 100. Obviously, you're never 100 in a relationship. He leaves his laundry everywhere. We're never 100. Like, pick your shit up. (laughs) What the fuck is he doing? Jeez. Pick your dirty gym clothes up off the floor or you can't go out with another girl. No. Um, But yeah, if we're in a place where we're not feeling like our connection is solid and we're like, you know, wanting to, you know, be around each other and desiring one another, then we, we don't play with other people. The interesting thing was when I realized that I needed to have relationship agreements with my girlfriend at the time, you know, was like, oh, I need these with you because I've always been like, you can, you know, we've, I want her to find her partner. She like wants to be with a man, um, you know, long-term and it's like going to be incredible when it happens. He's like the luckiest man on the planet. 
Um, but she did actually kind of date someone who I think I almost like disapproved of for her. Um, somebody who I think is an amazing person, but I was like, oh, this is, he's going to hurt her. This is going to end really bad. And then like, I shifted into like mother, mother mode, like controlling the side of me came out that was just like really wild. So that was an interesting thing. So if you are in a polyamorous relationship and you have like your main partner, then also for me, that was a huge learning. Like you get to have boundaries and agreements and make sure that it's set up in a way that you, everybody feels good in your like other relationships as well. Listening to you talk about this makes me exhausted. Oh my God. Like the idea of having two relationships, I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) And I think I get that a lot from other people. They listen to me. They, Connor and I have a show called Okay Babe. We talk about all this stuff. I talk about it on my podcast and we get messages like, how do you have fucking time for this? <laughs> how do you navigate feelings for two people? What, like, what, what does this even mean? So that is my question to you is this sounds exhausting. Maybe this sounds exhausting to people listening. Maybe they're like, I, I have kids and I'm just trying to have sex with my own husband. I have these desires or fantasies about other women, but I can't even imagine having time to embark on this. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? So how is it that you have created the space, opened yourself up and been emotionally and physically available for this experience? Yeah. Wow. I mean, hearing you ask that question, I'm like, I don't. It's like, why well, don't go out? Um, I do from time to time. I think for us, it has been exhausting at times. Like there was a, we spent a whole vacation once, the three of us, like, I mean, 11 days and we might've had sex like three times because we were processing, um, like creating safety and security. It was like very early on in, in the, the triad or I don't even I don't like terms for me are never a big thing. Thruffle. I don't know. And now we're not, we're like, whatever. Um, but it was, it was exhausting. And I remember thinking like, is this worth it? Um, but the idea of being able to have newness in your life and fall in love again, you know, and not just have like one, one great love for people, um, and have these experiences it far outweighs like the amount of work that you have to put in for me because having kind of tasted this other side of life, I can't imagine like going back in, into the box. Um, so that's the short answer. But, I, and I think like the more to it is, like I said, this is seven years in for, for us. It's like, we don't have a ton of experiences. Like we might both, my husband and I hook up with like, three to four people a year, maybe at this point in our relationship. And even then it's like three times and then eh, I'm not so into that person anymore. Um, you know, our, our primary, like third partner, I guess, has been the first person that's ever been a part of our relationship and has stayed. Um, but I think sliding into that intimacy and being a bit more, you know, about the connection and about building a relationship that's solid helps us go slow and has helped it not be so much about sex because I would never be able to like be going out every weekend with a new person. Like I'm lucky if that happens, like I said, quarterly. Um, And it's sort of just this like part of our lives that almost runs in the background now. We don't 
put a ton of focus on it. Um, in the beginning, maybe we did, but I don't know. Does that kind of answer your question? It's like, yeah. it's very much like it's this program that runs in the background. And when it comes up and we have time and availability for it, great. Like I would say to somebody who, to what you brought up, like I'm married, I have kids, love my husband hard enough to find time for sex with him, let alone entertain the idea that like, I might want to go down on a woman. Like maybe then choose a vacation spot the next time you and your husband like have that free time. You're going to take like a weekend or a week and like go try something new. Go try like an adult only resort and dip your toe into that. So it's not, doesn't feel like this extra thing you have to do on top of your life to explore. Okay. Is that's what's happening at adult only resorts? <laughs> is, that, is that the thing? You know, it's crazy. We've never been to one, so I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> we did go to like a nude day club in Palm Springs once and there were like six people there. So I was like, we're not coming back here. Um, wow. But it was super fun. Um, but I, I have friends who have gone to like hedonism and desire is desires. The other one. And they've like had great, great times. These are places in like Mexico, I think that you could go to. Okay. And they're like, you know, um, nude optional or some of them, I think you actually have to be topless, but um, which I don't like, I love to be topless, but I don't want to be told that I have to be topless. So (laughs) I'm very much like- My tits will be free when I say they are going to be free. (laughs) Which is going to be usually, but as long as it's on my terms. Exactly. yeah. I don't know. So I do want to go to I one of these it. places though. That's the funny thing. Like I'm, you know, I'm 36 and I'm like, there's still so much to explore. Like it's not a race, you know, we've never been right. to one of these like adult only places. We've, we've done Burning Man a lot. So I feel like that's also been a bit helpful in our experience as being open. Cause we were doing that anyway with like our community. Um, and that sort of facilitated a lot of really cool experiences for us early on in the first like two and three years that it's just this open, really accepting community. And you're like, oh, I love doing these things here. Do we want to do them in our daily life? Okay, cool. And then we met people that way and it sort of became easier. And then we didn't have to spend a lot of time on like these apps and, you know, which were kind of exhausting anyway, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've given up on app life. I can't. Yeah. Um, something that comes to mind that I think is really interesting and important to talk about is plant medicine. And I know mm-hmm. that's something that's a part of your lives. That's a big part of our lives. Um, I did ayahuasca for the first time right before Connor and I met in person. Um, and then we did it again a few months later together at a retreat. Um, and have been, you know, doing mushrooms and microdosing over the last two and a half years uh, separately, but obviously that impacts our relationship. And it has been such an incredible expander and heart opener and really allowed me to see connection with myself, connection with other women, uh, just how similar we are and how mm-hmm. we really come from that same energy. And it's given me a lot of perspective. And I don't know about for you, but it's like we get caught up in being a human and all the 3D bullshit and the drama and the, that's my boyfriend. You're not allowed to look at him. It has to look like this with the bow on top. And 
when I sit with plant medicine, it's a reminder that there's something so much bigger than this human experience. And there's this soul level yearning to connect and to reconnect and to come back to that. So what has that been like for you and how has that impacted all of this? Mm. So amazing. <laughs> like yeah. love, and just love plant medicine so much. There's, it's given me so much in my life and kind of exactly what you said allows me to see the bigger picture. You know, we're in this, in this reality where for many people in almost like in a lot of cultures on this planet, it's like partnership equals possession. And I think possession is a very human, you know, um, trait that people lean towards. Like we have a very materialistic society. Like it's the foundation of you're born into something and it's really hard to step out of. Um, and for me, plant medicine has allowed me to like step out of that, um, possession of like physical things and like emotional things here (laughs) in this realm. Um, because like we don't own anything, not even this body that we're in. We're in it for like a blip of time. And that's really what, you know, tools and medicines like ayahuasca have shown me um, and Pasha as well. Like we've both been working with ayahuasca and plant medicine like mushrooms for about six years, like almost our whole relationship. And it's always just this grounding agent to remind you like there is one thing that is love. Everything else is like, frankly, an illusion and it's real in this life. We have to deal with it. We can't like spiritual bypass and just be like, oh, there's only love, love and light. That's it. Like shadow work is why we're here. It's why, you know, our soul, I think wants to come into this experience to like grow and evolve and like mature. Um, But it's really, for me, it's like that possession piece. It's allowed me to like realize that I own nothing. Like I'm going to die with nothing. Like, and I don't need, I don't need anything. It's, my mom is going to hate hearing this, but at the end of the day, like if Pasha wanted to leave or like we fell in love with other people separately, like I, that would suck. I don't want that to happen. I'm not putting that out there, but it's like there, what we have right now isn't actually like mine. It's what's happening in this experience. It's like, I don't own it. He doesn't own me. We're very independent and we're, our souls are on a journey, you know, and it would be really sad and a bummer. And I never want that to happen. But realizing that nothing is permanent, like you could die tomorrow, but you know, you're very much an eternal being is so comforting. And I think it allows us to show each other so much more freedom in our relationship because we're not like, oh my God, don't ever like leave me. We just, we know that the the picture is so much bigger. And so us having that dance of like freedom of expression and whoever we want to be and growth and expansion makes us want to come back to each other because there's not many other people on, on the planet who would provide that, that like freedom of whatever the soul wants to do, but each other. So it like, it, it's actually the thing that draws us to each other. That's like, oh my God, you're mine, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> like, I'm over here yeah. like, there's no possession. And I'm like, but us, we're doing this thing. <laughs> so very, <laughs> very much like, um, um, you know, a double-edged sword. 
there are many amazing plant medicines and I'm a huge, huge fan. So I hope to keep learning and experiencing them and um, just using all the tools that they bring into our lives. That feels like a perfect wrapping point. I love the, the idea of us not needing possession over one another and remembering that there is this really foundational aspect of love available to us if we so choose that. And it does take work and it takes time and patience and learning and expansion and all of that and the shadow work that you've talked about. And so I'm just, I'm so happy for you. And I'm so excited that your listeners get to learn from you and share in this experience. And I know that (laughs) because I have a podcast and I talk about this stuff all the time. It's like, it's a very vulnerable thing to open up like this. And I just, I really respect you and everything you've done and what you've shared. And I'm just so grateful that you welcomed me on your show. So thank you for having me, Jess. Oh, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me. It it really means a lot to me because I love your shows. And I think that your voice and your perspective is really cool. So to have you, um, I think, draw a lot of these answers out of me was fun and also I think so valuable. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Bye. That's a wrap, you guys. And it was so much fun. Please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple. Tell us what you loved about the show and make sure you're following Open Late, the podcast on Instagram. 